Hey everybody, Chris here. You may know us these days as the Personal Injury Mastermind, but you've discovered our roots when we first started as the Rankings Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the years and hundreds of episodes, we've expanded our reach while staying true to our mission. We help you and your firm dominate the competition with insights from some of the best in the legal industry. You may notice that these older episodes sound a bit different. That's because we also embrace change and growth. I hope you enjoy this episode from the vaults and listen to a few of our newer episodes while you're at it. Thanks for being here. Let's begin. Starting a new business is no easy task. In fact, in the U.S., nearly half of all new ventures fail within the first five years. But my guest today didn't just found one successful business. He went on to start another, and then he wrote a book about it to tell you how to do the same. A lot of folks probably know me from the company that I started and ran previously called Moz. That business was a strange and fascinating adventure. I think it taught me a ton of lessons about marketing and entrepreneurship and running a company and working with people. And a lot of those lessons came through very painful mistakes and unique experiences. And so my, my hope in writing Lost and Founder was to share this journey in such a way that they wouldn't have to go through those same painful experiences to learn those lessons. My guest today is Rand Fishkin. Rand is the founder and CEO of SparkToro, a powerful tool that helps businesses find out who their customers are and what they want. He's also the author of Lost and Founder, a book about all about how to make a success of your startup based upon the lesson he's learned from his own triumphs and struggles. Join us as we discuss why he wrote his book, how law firm owners can use SparkToro to give them an edge on marketing, and what Rand's top tips are for better SEO. That's coming up on the Rankings Podcast, the show where founders, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys share their inspiring stories about what they did to get to the top and what keeps them there. I'm Chris Stryer. Stay with us. I asked Rand to take us back to the start and tell us a bit about those early days before he was heading a multi-million dollar company and how those experiences resulted in his book being hailed as one of the most honest reads of 2018. I was a college dropout who wanted to design websites. And I started working with my mom, Jillian. She had you know, been running a small business marketing consultancy doing like business cards, letterhead, logo, yellow page ads since 1981. She'd been running this, this business. So 20 years in, I join and... We actually struggled immensely, you know, had, uh, there's a story in there about debt collectors coming after me, about, you know, near bankruptcy, about family dynamics regarding that stuff and, and challenges there. And then I think that painful experience really resulted in me being very, very transparent in the future because we had had so much pain around secrecy and deception and keeping things from each other. I tried to share the the experience too of becoming CEO of Moz. You know, we we fundraised, we raised a, a venture round in 2007 and switched to a software model from a consulting model. You know, that had a lot of interesting challenges and opportunities, a tremendous amount of learning. I think, you know, being a venture-backed entrepreneur upgraded a ton of my skills and knowledge, but also probably was the wrong move for the business as a whole it's very, very rare that people are willing to speak about that 
you know, publicly or authentically because <laughs> as, as several uh, entrepreneur friends and venture capitalist investors have noted to me since the book's publication, you're never going to get funded again. <laughs> so. so that's different from everything from an outside uh, person's look. You know, that's everything contrary that, to what I've been told, what I hear. Go, go, to, you know, go to Silicon Valley, raise a lot of money, and, and kind of jump right in. So I, I like the different approach. I like the transparency, and, and I, I definitely need to read the book because being a business owner myself, there's always those, those ideas. You know, do I get more funding to accelerate growth? Do I... So yeah, I, I, thanks for and sharing I try that. and go into, you know, so I think one of the things that, that Lost and Founder does is each chapter conceivably could be its own book. You know how a lot of business books, I don't know if you've had this experience, Chris, but a lot of business books are the kind of thing where you could read the Wikipedia summary of the book and it's not as powerful, it's not as resonant, but you get the idea. Like, you know what the book is about. Start with why. Yeah, yeah. Great right? sense in it. I can, book, I can basically but... watch the five-minute video version and get 95% mm -hmm. of the value. But that's true for tons and tons of business books, right? They basically take one idea, turn mm -hmm. it into a book, and then that puts you on the speaking circuit, et cetera, et cetera, right? Lost and Founder is sort of the opposite of that. I did not want to have a singular idea that could really be summarized in a few paragraphs. Lost and Founder is, is basically a, a long series of many of those uh, uniquely wrapped into the the different stories of this journey. And as a result, there's a lot in there about, you know, building a team, how to think about that, how to potentially avoid some of the pitfalls of team management and team building, if that's something you don't necessarily want to do. Uh, how to structure internal communications, right? We learned a ton of painful lessons around that stuff, trying to scale up from, you know, five people to 200 people, what that might look like, how to, how to run processes and procedures, how to build a more structured environment, whether to build a more structured environment, right? Is that the right thing to do? All, all that kind of stuff. Uh, diversity and inclusion and uh, some of the bias that we uh, experienced and certainly contributed to and evolving thoughts over time, right? Not just in terms of the cultural conversation around that, but in terms of the actual, the business impact as well and the foolish mistakes that we made on that front. So just all over the place, right? So just tons of business lessons, sharing the mistakes, what you learn. I can't think of the exact saying. It's, it's something like, you know, learning from others' mistakes. It's learning from others if your you can do it. Some, Yeah, if you can if do you it. Can and do it's, it, right? it's, it's such a cheat code. Like it will, yeah. it will really accelerate your ability to avoid painful mistakes and make great decisions if you can learn from other people's experiences rather than exclusively your own. And I think, you know, I'm someone who tries to do that now, but obviously, you know, for a lot of my career, especially because I think I got lucky in a ton of ways, right? Like a college dropout, but, you know, had kind of a, a privileged uh, background. Like my, you know, my parents paid for most of my college and I dropped out of college before it became really expensive. Like I was able to pay for my last two semesters at the University of Washington working a $4 and $75 an hour job <laughs> right? at a retail shop. And, and that's just not possible anymore. And I, um, <laughs> I, from an outside observer, would push back. Okay. I have seen over many, many years the consistency of your growth. The, the whiteboard Fridays, the just yeah. consistent education you're putting out to the community. I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. That's a grind. And it's obviously that you enjoy doing that type of work. Yeah. So, and, and it comes through. 
you know, so before well, but I think, you know, getting lucky there too, right? Like if I had been teaching dental marketing via whiteboard, like, eh, would that have gone great? But SEO, especially mm-hmm. in the, you know, 2003 to 2016 era, oh my God, right? That was just a crazy growth ramp for that industry. So, you know, getting lucky with hitting that timing, hitting a, a group of people who actually cared and paid attention, wanted that content in those kinds of ways, being one of the first people to do video mm-hmm. uh, content like that. You know, I think if I had come in five years after video content had been popular, it would have been a different story. There's definitely lessons to learn there. Like I think, you know, I think people who are picking up podcasting now in the last few years, super smart. Five years from now, it's going to be so hard to build a podcast. And right now, like, oh, you, you might be in the, that golden age, right, where you're hitting the growth ramp. Yeah, you know, it's going to be more saturated in the future, so it's going to be harder to stand out. You got to create, you know, it's got to be more entertaining, more specific to an audience. Before we jump into Spark Toro, and I really want to talk a lot about Spark Toro, I'm really excited about this. I would be remiss if I didn't ask the world's leading SEO expert an SEO-related question. <laughs> I'm, I'm a couple years out from SEO, but but I'll I'll take the title anyway. Sure. <laughs> So, you know, Pareto Principle, what, what are the 80-20 actions that drive the most impact when it comes to search engine optimization? Super broad question, but I just kind of yeah. want to know what's your thought here. So I, I think there's a bunch of different ways to answer that and, and many, many reasonable ones. But I think if you are someone who's trying to figure out, you know, how do I rank number one for a keyword or a set of keywords in Google today, my sense is that the classic ranking factors of, you know, I get more links with better anchor text than my competition and I'm on a, you know, higher authority domain and I am putting out more content and the the content is well optimized with sort of keywords and related phrases, all that, all that kind of stuff. Much of it, while still best practice, I would urge you to do it. Don't, you know, not invest in it, but you will often find that you can get all of those factors right and still be beaten by someone who does three things that many SEOs who focus on the tactical, technical details don't do. And that is number one, build a brand that people prefer. Like if I see your brand versus five other brands in the search results, which one do I trust the most? Which one am I most likely to think, oh, they probably have, I've heard of them, I know them, I like them, I trust them, I'm gonna click them, even if they're the fifth result instead of the first one. So I think that's, that's one of the huge things, right? It, it sort of sucks that to be a great SEO, you sort of need to be a great brand builder, but that's the reality we're living in. Uh, second, I think that solving the searcher's query in the way that gets the fewest number of people who do visit your page unsatisfied with their search result in any way is a huge win, right? And so historically, right, you you can think of a simple example like this, Chris, I'm sure you've seen these all the time. Like remember five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, when a lot of times in the search results, you'd see like a landing page that promised you the thing you wanted if you filled out some information. Think of like webinar landing pages or white page, you know, a white page landing page. And they're like, great, especially in B2B, this was common, right? Like, okay, you want to get this unique data or our PDF download, fill out this stuff. 
And they tend, with, with a few exceptions, they tend not to rank so well anymore because they don't immediately, instantly answer the searcher's issue. And, and that is a cheat code. Like being able to solve the searcher's problem faster, better, more consistently, mo more comprehensively than anyone else, such that no one ever clicks the back button and chooses a different res Google result, huge. Third one, and this is, this is the secret tip. This is my like, if you want to rank number one in Google, you don't have to do anything else but this. Be owned by the Alphabet Corporation, right? Doesn't matter how crappy your results are. If you're owned by Alphabet, Google will rank you number one. It's like the old Wikipedia ranks number one for everything. Google ranks number one for everything. Yeah, I completely agree. First, the brand statement. Well, that's going to help you when they're looking at those signals. The, the click-through rates are going to be there, so that's a great signal. Answering consumer intent. I think we could even talk, we could talk a long time about just intent in general. Yeah. I think even the placement of your information on the page is important. If you answer the intent first, the, the other thing, and without going down too far a rabbit hole, is I think one of the reasons, and this is just a theory, guys, we're, we're just talking here, that longer content ranks better is because it answers multiple versions of intent. So if the query is yeah. shorter, then it could potentially have multiple versions of intent. So anyways. No, no, I'm, I'm completely with you, right? I, think, I, don't, I don't think it's actually length of content that Google is looking for. I think it's just correlation that oftentimes long form content or content that answers many questions means that people don't go back and look for something else because they didn't get their problem solved. If you can do that in a short form way, you probably do even better. But the thing is people struggle with that. I also think it's true that user experience and UI, right? Visual UI and UX, they create a trust sort of signal with your users, right? You land on something that looks like it's from 1998 yeah, that looks a little sketchy. I'm going to click the back button pretty quick here, my friends. Um, it's got a bunch of ad overlays and like nasty pop-ups and stuff. I'm going to click that back button. Oh, this looks clean. This looks trustworthy. It looks like something I've visited before. It has that sense of authority to it. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to stay on it. I'm going to be more likely to share it, more likely to link to it, more likely to cite it, all those things. 100% agree. Alongside author and SEO wizard, Rand has another feather in his cap as a marketing insights expert. His latest tool, SparkToro, is helping marketers and businesses get the insights they need to make sure their ads are reaching the right crowds. I wanted to find out exactly what SparkToro does and how it could help someone find the best places to reach their market. Really what we are trying to help people solve is this, this thorny market research problem of figuring out where and to whom and to what your audience pays attention. So if you don't want to throw thousands or millions of dollars at Facebook and Google's duopoly of advertising, and instead you would like to go direct, right? I want to find the websites where the audience I want to reach hangs out. I want to find the podcasts they listen to, what they read. I want to find the YouTube channels they subscribe to and the uh, social accounts they follow. All that stuff, all that data is kind of like hidden behind the scenes. Like Facebook knows it, Google knows it, but they're not going to tell you, right? They're going to let you advertise against it. SparkToro is there to say, hey, we want to make that information available to any marketer 
so that you can go do whatever kind of marketing tactics you want to do, whether that's let me go pitch this podcaster to see if we can be a get, get a guest spot on there, or let's go do a sponsorship, or uh, let's put some advertising against this YouTube channel programmatically or directly. Let's you know do do a featured uh, spot in there. Let's sponsor an episode. Let's whatever it is. Like your marketing tactics are are your own, and you'll know what's effective. We're here to solve that intelligence problem. I love the idea of this, the concept of this. You know, from a marketing component many businesses niche down and one of the one of the reasons why they niche down is to maximize their advertising initiatives right so yeah. i only want x customer so i'm this niche i can find them and it's kind of this unintended side effect so i saw the example was, was your uh, co-founder casey correct yeah. i saw the uh, the co-founder casey example you you used on on the website so i'm going to give you a hypothetical situation here let's call this made up person chris and Chris wanted to land a marketing contract for a personal injury attorney in Los Angeles. How would Chris use SparkToro to help him make better advertising decisions? Sure. So if you know that your audience is uh, attorneys in Los Angeles, and more specifically, personal injury attorneys, you might reasonably do you know, one of two or three things in SparkToro just at a high level uh, to find those. The first one would be, hey, let me go into SparkToro and, you know, it's basically got, it's got five ways of searching. Those are people who, you know, my audience frequently talks about uh, X or Y or Z. My audience uses these words in their profile, like in their bio and follows the social account, follows the website, uses the hashtag. But let's talk about the uses the words in their profile, right? I can do this search right now. Uh, uses these words in their profile, personal injury is that how they tend to describe themselves yeah so like they'll have that in their linkedin bio or their their facebook right. page profile or whatever it is uh and is located in oops los angeles greater los angeles area great so there you go they tend to follow accounts like the aba journal no surprise right uh 32 percent of the personal injury attorneys in los angeles uh, follow one or more of the social or web accounts of the American Bar Association Journal. Lawyers.com, uh, Bloomberg Law, so news.bloomberglaw.com, that might be a great place to advertise. Uh, there's a podcast and legal website called abovethelaw.com, which I assume is based mm -hmm. on the Judge Dredd saying, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm above the law. Um, <laughs> the Wall Street Journal has their legal news website, lawyerist.com, ABA News, Consumer Attorneys of California, blah, 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 right? Like, you can go down this list. There's hundreds. I think there's like 250 plus accounts on here, followed by, you know, somewhere between 5 and 30% of this audience. And, you know, you just select the ones you want, you add them to your list, and then you go do whatever kind of marketing you want to do same same story on websites, right? We have a bunch of websites that these people visit. We have a bunch of podcasts they listen to. You know, if you're trying to figure out like how do I reach personal injury attorneys in Los Angeles, that's a pain in the butt problem to have, right? You have to cyber stalk them or you know or whatever it is, right? But SparkToro can like bam tell you in six seconds. That's amazing. And that just maximizes your advertising efforts and, and it gets you in front of the right audience. You know, one of the problems we, we keep seeing is a lot of folks who are like on the agency side, for example, right? They'll have mm -hmm. a client who says like, oh, well, we want to do, you know, we want to spend a million dollars of budget on this marketing tactic. 
and you know, right, you know that that, that marketing tactic is probably dumb. Like, really, you want to do a full-page Wall Street Journal ad? Are you sure? Well, our CEO reads the Wall Street Journal, and he really thinks, well, it's almost always a he, right? And it's like, okay, now you have evidence. Now your marketing team can go, hey, look, 6% of your audience reads the Wall Street Journal. 30% of the audience you say you want to reach reads this other you know, niche website. Maybe we should go invest here instead. Rand spoke about what SparkToro could do from a marketing perspective, but I had to find out whether it had any SEO applications and how law firm owners could take advantage of that as well. SparkToro is not intentionally an SEO tool. That being said, many people who do SEO also care about finding sources for a guest editorial or uh, link building or those kinds of things, right? And SparkToro can be very handy for that. I would say it's a much broader tool, right? It's around market research and audience intelligence, but certainly if you're on the SEO side, uh, one of our big customer uh, use cases early on has been content marketers. They're creating content and then they need to find people who will help amplify that. So it's like, great, I published this piece of content on my site. It's not very useful unless I can get a few powerful accounts to tweet it out and share it on their LinkedIn and put it on their Facebook pages and maybe even, you know, publish something on their Instagram about it or uh, cover it on their YouTube channel or talk about, you know, get a guest appearance on their podcast, get an invitation from, and if you can do those things, that's awesome. It's far smarter we've found for those content marketers to basically in their ideation phase to do the research of figuring out, hey, we want to do a big data survey about how uh, coronavirus is impacting the legal field, right? Especially since lawyers have to go to court and courts are often like, there's all these weird challenges around the physical locality, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to survey professional attorneys in the United States and we're going to publish that. Who writes about legal news? Who writes about lawyers and attorneys? Like, who can we go pitch? Uh, great, let's go find um, uh, legal journalists, right? Someone who says, uh, I am a journalist and I, I write about the law or legal issues or whatever it is uh, in the United States of America. Boom, here's a big list. Okay, cool, let's go see what they've covered. Ah, I see that they're really interested in this particular topic. Let's make sure to include that in the survey so we can go pitch them with the content when we publish it, right? And you know, you get to understand your audience a lot better. That's an amazing example. I also think from our previous conversation, just understanding your avatar and the information that they are interested in, you could incorporate that into your content that goes on your site too. Right, that, that's exactly right, yep. So you, you, know, you can get a, a much better sense of any describable group of people through SparkToro and then, and then apply that to your content, your outreach, your targeting, your advertising, your sponsorships, your partnerships, et cetera. Amazing. So you wrote the book, Lost and Founder. You, you've a ton of experience in the, in the SEO industry with Moz, with, with SparkToro. I've got to ask you about your, your professional development. Who, who are some of your mentors or, or your favorite books that you kind of reference in, in your journey? Gosh, I got to say, recently, there is there's a book I absolutely love. It's by um, two women, uh, Liz Fossling and Molly West Duffy. And they, they wrote a book called No Hard Feelings. I, I think 
As far as books that help me think about how to work with people better, whether it's you know customers or uh, people on my team, that is just a phenomenal. I can't recommend it enough. And their uh, their Twitter and Instagram accounts are delightful too. They um, they publish a lot of little like mini web comics about work that really resonate with me. H- highly highly recommend them. Bo Burlingham, Small Giants. I know it's been around a while. It sort of speaks to my soul and what I want to build as a business owner. Like I, mm-hmm. I really don't love big companies, big organizations, growth for the sake of growth, which I know is a Silicon Valley sort of mantra, right? Um, but I find the prospect of having a small team with a profitable, sustainable, long-lasting business, you know, something that I can work at for decades and that is... Um, wonderful for its employees, wonderful for its customers, wonderful for the world. That is so much more impactful. That's so much more exciting to me than what I focused on for, you know, all of my 20s and 30s, which was essentially, I need to build a company that IPOs and returns billions of dollars to its investors. That does not really excite me anymore. And the lean and mean team, you can iterate more quickly. There's not as many, you know, things you got to jump over. You know, so one final question, Rand. What questions or stories did we not talk about that you feel would be important? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think it, uh, it really depends on the, on the audience. Like one, one of the things that I um, have been discussing on a lot of recent conversations, obviously, is the, the economic environment that we're going into. And that is really, really scary. The, you know, reality is 22 million Americans already out of work in the last four weeks. That's probably going to, continue to grow we, we are we are likely to see unemployment at or above levels not seen since the great depression you know i don't know i don't know if you wander around your town but like the last couple of trips i've taken into into downtown seattle or or into uh, ballard my neighborhood it's just boarded up windows and a lot of those businesses are not coming back for a long time and that's that's truly heartbreaking i think you know i think we have to think as individuals, especially as, as, as business owners, privileged members of society, right, who have, you know, the potential to weather this storm much better because we're in, you know, the digital world and, and we can work from home effectively and all those kinds of things. I think we need to think pretty hard about the world that we want to build and contribute to in the future. And we have to think, you know, many of us are stressing about just how to survive the next six to 12 months. So I, I think that's one of the Maybe, maybe one of the topics we didn't, we didn't cover that uh, is interesting to a lot of folks. There was so much amazing advice there from Rand. We could have filled an entire episode with just his advice on SEO, but I think his ideas on developing a strong brand within your website to build trust with your audience is particularly important, especially in the highly competitive PI market. You've been listening to the Rankings Podcast. I'm Chris Dreyer. A huge thank you to today's guest, Rand Fishkin, for joining us. You can find all of the links from today's conversation in the show notes. And we want to hear from you. Did you get any insights on where to focus your marketing efforts? Drop us a review and share your thoughts. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Mm